What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down week six wide receiver starts and sits. This is where we break down every wide receiver matchup, who we should be starting, who we should be sitting, and who is a viable flex option. For the parameters of this video, a start is a top 24 option, a flex, a wide receiver in that wide receiver 3-4 range, top 40 range, and then a sit would be anybody outside of that range. We break down all the wide receiver, cornerback matchups, game script, all the stuff that you guys need to know. Make sure if you're listening over on the podcast feed, you check out YouTube because you'll see you know spreads and where the Sharps are betting and all that kind of stuff. So if you guys enjoy this video at any point, feel like you received some value from it, leave a like down below. We really appreciate it. Subscribe to the channel if you are new and comment any of your wide receiver start set questions down below as well. And I'll try and get to as many as I can. But with that being said, let's get right into it. Okay, so here is the matchup chart for the week. You guys can see some of the tougher wide receiver matchups. We have uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. If Keenan Allen ends up playing, we have the Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers. We have Dallas Cowboys wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. Philadelphia Eagles wide receivers, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Those two actually play each other. And then uh, Atlanta, Kyle Pitts and um, Drake London fit into that. And then some of the easier matchups are Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, if Rashad Bateman ends up playing. Uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore, uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receivers, etc. So those are the uh, that's the matchup chart. If you guys want to check that out, I tweet it out every single week, and you can also get access to it via Patreon. Some of the projected shadow matchups that we have for Week Six for the wide receiver position. Some of the tougher ones we have Marvin Jones going up against Stephon Gilmore. If you guys spent some fab on him, I probably would not play him this week. Amari Cooper is expected to see a lot of Jonathan Jones. Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas, if he ends up playing, we'll see a lot of Chidobia Wuzier. Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase versus Marshawn Lattimore, to be expected. Brandon Ayuk versus AJ Terrell. Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson versus uh, Xavier Howard, assuming he plays. Then we also have CeeDee Lamb versus Darius Slay. Mike Williams versus uh, Pat Sertan, etc. Uh, Broncos wide receiver Cortland Sutton versus Asante Samuel as well. And then uh, a new wrinkle for this week. Week six is the first week of bye week. So for those of you guys that have any Houston Texans, any Detroit Lions, any Las Vegas Raiders, and any Tennessee Titans, you will not have access to those players this week. So that means no Devontae Adams, no Amon Ross St. Brown, and no Brandon Cooks at the wide receiver position. Also some of your flex options if you're starting any of those running backs like Damian Pierce or whoever. Uh, definitely a little bit more shallow in the wide receiver position this week. We have Thursday night football, the first game of the week. Just disgusting, right? First game, uh, just like last week, we had Broncos Colts would be one of the worst games that I've seen in a while on Thursday night football. And they follow it up with another banger commanders at bears, a 38 point over under and the sharps are hammering the under right now in this game. I think Curtis Samuel's really the only guy that you have to start. He's virtually been the number one receiver for this team each and every week. He has a 23% target share compared to Terry McLaurin's 16%. And the Chicago Bears are are exploitable against the pass. We saw that from the Vikings last week. They're below average pretty much across the board. But we know this game will be low scoring, right? A 38-point over-under. The Sharps are hammering the under as well. The Bears, on the other side of things, are running a slow-paced drizzler of a pathetic excuse for an offense. So don't start Darnell Mooney. Don't start anybody in this game from the Bears wide receiver core. So the only guys that I'm throwing into my lineup right now or Curtis Samuel is a top 30 guy. And then Terry McLaurin, like as like a low end flex option, which is not something I thought I'd be saying about Terry McLaurin coming into the season. So moving on from that gross game, we move on to the Bengals at Saints. 
in this game, you're starting Jamar Chase, you're starting T. Higgins, you're starting Michael Thomas and Chris Olave if they both play. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins remain some of the best by low wide receivers in fantasy right now. This game could get Higgins back on track because we know Jamar Chase will see a lot of Marshawn Lattimore. Um, as long as T. Higgins is healthy, he's still day-to-day, still up in the air with the ankle injury that kept him to drop a donut in your guys' lineups last Sunday night. The Saints stopped the run at one of the highest rates in the NFL, so I think the Bengals will have to throw in this game to win this one. Uh, neither of the Saints wide receivers on the other side of things practice yesterday on Wednesday. Michael Thomas with the turf toe, Chris Olave with the concussion. Fantasy doctors and uh, most of the Saints media expects Michael Thomas to be back for this game, so I'm expecting him to be back in your lineups for those of you guys that have him. I have him in two leagues. Definitely need him. But Chris Olave is a little bit more tricky because it's a concussion. We don't exactly know when he'll clear the uh, the concussion protocol, especially with the new kind of um, emphasis on it with the Tua Tungavailoa injury. So my guess as of now is that Chris Olave might be out, but Michael Thomas probably will be playing in this game. So uh, you guys can see the matchups on the screen. We can move on to the Jaguars at Colts. In this game, you're going to be starting Michael Pittman Jr. You're going to be starting Christian Kirk, both his top 24 options. Not an exciting game environment, right? A 42-point over-under. Two defensively strong teams right now with struggling offenses, especially in recent weeks for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the Colts offense ranks dead last in DVOA right now. I'm still firing up Michael Pittman Jr., but the top five breakout season that we expected from Michael Pittman Jr. is probably not in the cards right now until the Colts pull their heads out of their asses because Matt Ryan is playing like an old washed up quarterback. He looks about 10 years older than Tom Brady right now. And maybe if they get Jonathan Taylor back this week, they can move the ball on offense. But for right now, I just don't trust this Colts offense to make anything more than a top 24 wide receiver out of Michael Pittman Jr. Christian Kirk on the other side of things is probably due for a bounce back. If Trevor Lawrence and the Jags can play the way they did in week two, they shut the Colts out and they were able to move the ball on offense. Christian Kirk scored twice in that game. I think Christian Kirk will be just fine going forward and especially in this week. Kenny Moore is a solid slot corner that he plays against, but I do like him to get back on track. He had at least 60 yards in every game up until last week and three total touchdowns on the season for the first four games of the year. So uh, make sure you guys are buying low on Christian Kirk. I talked about him in the trade targets video yesterday. Moving on to the Vikings at Dolphins. In this game, you're starting Justin Jefferson. You're starting Tyreek Hill. You're starting Jalen Waddle, And you can flex Adam Thielen as well. For the Vikings receivers, it's a super easy matchup, right? The fourth easiest matchup on the week, according to my matchup chart. Super easy for Justin Jefferson, especially if Xavier Howard is out because the Dolphins corners are giving it away. And if um, Noah Igbenogany is his primary matchup, he is going to feast. Like I said, Xavier Howard's health still up in the air. Uh, and even if he plays, I think Justin Jefferson will be just fine. On the Dolphins side of things, we're going to get a heavy dose of Skylar Thompson at quarterback because Bridgewater and Tua Tungvaloa are both probably not going to play in this game. So you have to downgrade Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and the passing offense as a whole because they just weren't able to move the ball and generate offense and get first downs. Definitely not going to be ideal if that is the case for the Dolphins wide receivers, but I'm still starting them as top 20 type of options. Uh, moving on to the Ravens at Giants, and this one's pretty gross for the wide receiver position. I think Rashad Bateman is probably going to be out for this game, and if he's not, obviously he's in your lineup, but if he's out, it's pretty much just a top 40-ish wide receiver play for Devin Duvernay, and that's about it because this game is so disgusting at the wide receiver position. The uh, Giants have nobody, assuming Kadarius Tony is out, which he probably will be because he has hamstrings made of cheese. But Devin Duvernay, uh, Hook'em Horns, is the only guy that you can probably reasonably throw into your lineup in this game. Devin Duvernay has actually been a top 15 graded wide receiver, according to PFF this season, and he set a season high with Bateman out with 81% of the routes, which is more than Bateman has ran all season, and 25% of the targets, which matches Bateman's season high as well. So 
If Bateman's out, I don't think Devin Duvernay is a terrible play. But if Bateman plays, I don't think you can play him. And I think Bateman's probably the only guy at wide receiver that you can play from this game. So moving on to the Jets at Packers in this game, you're going to flex Garrett Wilson as probably the best option of these two teams. Then I would say low-end flex Alan Lazard, low-end flex Romeo Dobbs, low-end flex Elijah Moore, low-end flex Randall Cobb. I think that's the order I would play those guys in, but um, they're all pretty much mix and match, pick your poison. I'm extremely excited to watch this Jets team against a real opponent, a, a big dog, because they played the Dolphins, who had no quarterback last week. So uh, Zach Wilson has really been spreading the ball around. He you know, came back two weeks ago. He's only targeted his top three receivers 12 times last week against the Dolphins, with each guy getting four targets between Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, and Corey Davis. The Jets have only thrown 36 and 21 passes the last two games which is a far cry from the 51 pass attempts per game that Joe Flacco was throwing in the first three games. The neutral pass rate, the pace is still about league average, so need, no need to panic quite yet on Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore getting no volume in this Jets offense. But I do think they'll probably be behind in this game, probably have to throw a lot more than they did in the past two games. And although I'm sitting Elijah Moore for the most part, if you guys have you know a better option, I have him currently as my wide receiver 38. So not a guy that I think you need to throw into your lineup with the way he's been performing, but that's just because I have, you know, um, Jerry Judy as my other option. So I'm able to uh, pivot quite easily, but we have to unpack this Packers passing game as well, because it's clear right now that Romeo Dobbs and Alan Lazard are the top two receivers, right? They're, they're running the most routes. They're getting the most targets and they've established themselves, which is pushing aside Christian Watson, who was actually the second round pick of the Packers high second round pick who's been virtually invisible. He's getting like jet sweeps and stuff. He just can't win on his routes apparently. And it looks like Alan Lazard is the top guy for this team um, with Romeo Dobbs shortly behind him. And I think Randall Cobb is also a half decent play this week because Michael Carter, the corner on the Jets, not the running back, has actually been pretty terrible against slot receivers, 82% catch rate allowed. And I think Randall Cobb showed last week that he can earn targets still and, and Aaron Rodgers still trusts him. So um, pretty much pick your poison with the Packers wide receivers. If I had to play one, it would be Alan Lazard. So moving on to the 49ers at Falcons in this game, you're going to start Debo Samuel. You can start Drake London and you can low end flex Brandon Ayuk as well. Let me direct your eyes to the matchup chart, uh, uh, the wide receiver cornerback matchups. Drake London has a gorgeous matchup this week. Hopefully Marcus Mariota can get his shit together enough to feed his number one wide receiver. But Drake London is going to explode in this game. And quick dynasty tip for those of you guys that, are, that play dynasty and don't have Drake London on your roster. Before people notice that he's going to be the dynasty wide receiver three at the end of the season, because I do think it's going to happen. We have a 21-year-old wide receiver who has a 33% target share through his first five games of his NFL career. Technically, that's more than even... Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase showed their rookie seasons. And I think we're going to end the season with Drake London ending up right behind those guys as far as the dynasty wide receiver ranks are concerned. So make sure you go buy him right now. Keep trade cut has his value as like wide receiver 12. I don't think that's going to keep up. Moving on to the 49ers side of things. We have Debo Samuel looking like a great play. He's getting, you know, his classic Debo role type of usage. If you can, I would say leave Brandon Ayuk on your bench if you can afford it because he's going to see shadow coverage from AJ Terrell. But if you have no other choice, I suppose he's fine as a low-end flex as well. So moving on to the Patriots at Browns game. In this game, you're going to start Amari Cooper and you can flex Jacoby Myers as well. And uh, the thing about Amari Cooper that I do like about him is that usually you can get a sense when a big Amari Cooper game is coming and it usually comes to fruition when you can sense it. He disappeared in week four, which was kind of to be expected, but every other game he's been a target hog. He's commanding an, a 38% target share or better in every game except for week four this year. This week, he's got Jalen Mills in coverage if he doesn't see a lot of shadow coverage from Jonathan Jones. And Jalen Mills, anytime he's on him, 
is 102nd out of 104 qualified corners in terms of his coverage grade, according to PFF. So he's been terrible. His higher or lower on underdog right now is 53 and a half for Amari Cooper. Seems like free cash to me. If you guys want to check out some pick'em lines over on underdog fantasy, of course, use the promo code FSE when you sign up and deposit. You'll get 100% back uh, on whatever you put in. But nonetheless, Amari Cooper, a solid play. In Jacoby Myers' last two active games, he's casually just carved out a 40% target share, 39% and 38% the past of the Patriots' targets the last two weeks. The offense stinks, but that volume is an automatic top 35 option. So if you have Jacoby Myers, I think he's a great option in this game. And they're also, uh, the Sharps are banging the over on this on this line. 43 and a half is not a lot of points, but the over is getting a lot of steam right now. So definitely uh, Amari Cooper and Jacoby Myers need to be in your lineups. Buccaneers at Steelers in this game, Chris, uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Deontay Johnson are the guys that are top 24 options for me. I'd probably sit George Pickens, especially uh, considering how well the outside corners of the Buccaneers have been playing, and they're both you know big physical guys that can hang with a guy like George Pickens. Chris Godwin's blow-up game is coming this week. If you guys have not bought into Chris Godwin yet, I suggest you do so. Because when he is going to be back to his full allotment of routes, he's going to be a top 15 to 20 wide receiver for the rest of the season. He has wide receiver one upside overall because he's a target hog monster in an offense led by Tom Brady. And his PPR appeal is definitely evident. He faces Arthur Mollette in the slot this week primarily, who hasn't played much this year. And when he has, has been terrible. Should be easy pickings for Chris Godwin. Mike Evans also an easy smash this week with the uh, Buccaneers implied 26.25 total points according to Vegas, which is the third highest total on the slate. Deontay Johnson on the other side of things has a pretty brutal matchup because like I said, the Buccaneers corners have been playing pretty well. They've been soft against the run, but not against the pass, which doesn't bode well for the Pittsburgh Steelers because they can't run the ball to save their lives. But we're getting just too much targets out of um, Deontay Johnson for him not to be a solid start. He is a 28% target share on the season, which is the same level of target share that we've seen out of Jamar Chase and DK Metcalf. The only problem is the Steelers could just be a below average passing offense instead of being complete dog shit. We'll get Deontay Johnson being a top 24 wide receiver like he should be based on the volume that he's seeing. So uh, moving on to the 4 p.m. games, we have the Panthers at Rams. And I can't think of two offenses that I want to watch less than these two offenses. I wish they buried these guys in the 1 p.m. slate so we didn't actually have to watch this team. Uh, or these two teams, but in this game, you're going to start Cooper Cup, and I'd probably sit everybody else. Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. He's in your lineup. He's the best receiver in fantasy right now, and he'll probably go nuts again this week. But Allen Robinson is so trash that it hurts my brain. If you dropped Allen Robinson in your league this past week on the waiver wire for like a Rondell Moore or Rashad White or something, I don't blame you because Allen Robinson has been terrible this year. He's been like outside the top 70 receivers in like four of the five games. And I'm currently sitting him for Randall Cobb in our listener Patreon league. So that's where I'm at with Allen Robinson. I don't think you need to roster him if you if you have a shallower league. If you're in a 10-team or an 18-team league, he definitely should not be rostered. And DJ Moore is honestly not that far off on the other side of things because I'm so sick of talking about DJ Moore getting a quarterback upgrade because it, until it actually happens, I'm sick of defending this guy because he's... He's kind of just been a middling wide receiver three his entire career. And because of the target share, we want to believe he can be more than that. But until he gets a, a stud rookie quarterback like CJ Stroud or Bryce Young this coming year, or he gets traded and he moves to a different team, I'm not hyping up DJ Moore anymore. I think he's what he is. He's a wide receiver four type uh, rest of the season in fantasy. And he gets targets, but he doesn't do a ton with them. And we're probably going to get PJ Walker at quarterback this week. So just a gross game all around. Just kill me now. I don't want to watch this game at all. Cardinals at Seahawks, the next game that we're going to talk about, a game I do want to watch, 
and can be a lot more positive about. In this game, you can start DK Metcalf, you can start Hollywood Brown, you can start Tyler Lockett. If you wanted to low-end flex Rondell Moore, I wouldn't blame you, but this might be the shootout of the week, right? Everybody is going to focus on Chiefs and Bills because it's a very exciting game, and we saw in the playoffs what that kind of magic was like, but I think the over in this game of 50 and a half is free cash for those of you guys that bet on over-unders. DK Metcalf has a golden matchup against Marco Wilson's bum ass, who's been 98th among 104 corners in PFF grade right now. So I think DK Metcalf's going to go absolutely berserk. Uh, Tyler Lockett also torches the Cardinals virtually every time he plays them. And he's facing a backup cornerback. And our videos can't go 10 minutes without somebody asking if they should trade Marquise Brown away. I I think a lot of people have the sentiment that DeAndre Hopkins is coming back after this game. I should trade Marquise Brown now. But my response to that is why? Because he's got a 26% target share. And this offense looks pretty bad for about two quarters every game. If DeAndre Hopkins comes back or when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, he makes this offense better. Number one, he makes Kyler Murray more consistent and he makes Hollywood Brown's job a lot easier because he's going to draw coverage, double teams, all that kind of stuff because he's DeAndre Hopkins. So if anything, if people are selling Marquise Brown in your league because they know DeAndre Hopkins is coming back, I might be buying DeAndre or uh, Marquise Brown because a lot of people might sell him for low instead of selling him high and thinking that they're selling him high because a lot of people just have this notion that two receivers can't produce on the same team. I'm here to tell you both of these guys can be very productive once DeAndre Hopkins is back on the field because Kyler Murray and the offense will get better overall. So definitely don't be worried about Marquise Brown. He's a start in this game. He'll probably go berserk and I'm not going to be looking to sell him high for the most part. So uh, Bills at Chiefs, the next game that we're going to talk about here, over under a 54 points. Obviously, it's going to be a, a shootout. These two offenses are very good. Start Stephon Diggs, start Gabe Davis. You can low-end flex Isaiah McKenzie probably too. And I think you can flex Juju Smith-Schuster. This one will be fun. It's a 54-point over-under. Diggs is in your lineup. Gabe Davis is in your lineup. And remember, Gabe Davis had a four-touchdown game in the playoffs against the Kansas City Chiefs, so it's possible that he has another big game or maybe he's just the focus of defenses in this one. Isaiah McKenzie should be back from the concussion. He barely uh, missed last week's game, and he's a low-end flex option, assuming he plays. If he's out again, I think Khalil Shakir is also a decent low-end flex option who might be available on your waiver wire. The Chiefs, on the other side of things, their wide receivers have been so frustrating for fantasy because Patrick Mahomes is the QB1 right now, yet the Chiefs wide receivers haven't registered anything of any kind of wide receiver two type of finish. Juju Smith-Schuster's highest finish on a week was wide receiver 27 back in week one. Uh, Marquise, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was wide receiver 20 this past week. McCole Hardman was wide receiver 32. And they've kind of just been switching who's going to be the productive one. The thing that we know about the Kansas City Chiefs is that Travis Kelsey's going to dominate the targets. They're going to use the running backs. They're going to spread the ball out at wide receiver. So if you had to start one wide receiver, it would be Juju Smith-Schuster for me, but I don't think if you're desperate, you can throw, you know, a, a, Marquis, a Marquez Valdez-Scantling or a McCole Hardman in there if you got a bunch of bye weeks because the point total in this game is very, very enticing. So uh, moving on to Sunday Night Football, and this, this game will also be pretty fun because we have the Cowboys at Eagles. This game is uh, a battle of, you know, the top of the NFC East because the Eagles are 5-0. and oh, The Cowboys are 4-1. and one. The strange thing to me is that this game uh, is only an over-under of 42 points despite if Dak Prescott comes back, the, the offenses that are in this game uh, and the under is actually getting most of the steam. So the big mystery is Dak Prescott because I bet this line at 42, uh, I bet the over on it because I think Dak Prescott will be back. He supposedly had a great throwing session yesterday. And I think this is a very important game for the the Cowboys in this division. So I think they're going to try and push Dak Prescott to play in this one. The tough thing is that these defenses are playing so well, right? The Cowboys and the Eagles defenses are probably two of the top five defenses in the NFL right now, but you're still firing up your young studs. You're firing up AJ Brown. You're firing up CeeDee Lamb. But if you have better options, I don't blame people for sitting Devontae Smith, sitting Michael Gallup in this game. 
the Eagles will probably be playing, you know, where's Waldo with Trayvon Diggs and just throw away from him to Jordan Lewis and, and Anthony Brown. Most teams tend to do. So if Trayvon Diggs is on AJ Brown, for the most part, we could see a game where they avoid his coverage, but we, we have really no idea how they're going to deploy Trayvon Diggs. They haven't really been shadowing him on opposing number ones for the most part this season. And, and AJ Brown hasn't really demanded shadow coverage from other number one corners either. So uh, moving on to the final game of the slate, which is Broncos at Chargers. In this game, you're going to be starting Cortland Sutton. You're going to be starting Mike Williams. I think you can start Keenan Allen if he plays, but we really don't know what his status is quite yet. And I think you can also flex Jerry Judy. Now, don't ask me why I traded for Jerry Judy. I traded away Michael Gallup and Marvin Jones for Jerry Judy because I thought he was a bit of an upgrade. Maybe I'm just a glutton for punishment and I wanted to chain myself to this dumpster fire of a Broncos offense. But on the off chance that Russell Wilson and the Broncos figure things out, which I think is possible because we're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback here, I think the trade will age like fine wine. And if you guys still have the ability to trade low on Jerry Judy, he probably won't cost you that much. Like I said, I traded Michael Gallup and Marvin Jones for him. It's not like I gave up the farm and I think he could have a big time payoff if the offense figures things out. Cortland Sutton and Mike Williams in this game are both expected to see shadow coverage uh, from two promising second year quarterbacks, uh, cornerbacks, Asante Samuel and Pat Sertain, who oddly enough, both had fathers that were former all pros and uh, Keenan Allen. His health is a mystery in this one. We really don't know what they're going to do with Keenan Allen. He suffered a setback a couple weeks ago for the hamstring injury he suffered in week one. So I personally think Brandon Staley and the Chargers are going to take it very, very safe with Keenan Allen. I think he'll need like a full week of practices before he's back on the field and healthy because they don't want him suffering another setback because that could really derail their season. Um, so if I had to guess, I would say that Keenan Allen's probably going to be out for this game, but it, we probably won't know until like Saturday if that's actually going to be the case. And maybe you guys are watching this later in the week and know by now. But for the most part, that is the end of the video. If you guys uh, want to go back and you know listen, re-listen to a part of a game, go ahead. Uh, if you guys enjoyed it at any point, if you feel like you got some value, you've learned some things, leave a like down below, subscribe to the channel. As well, about 75, 80% of you guys that watch these videos are not subscribed. Really appreciate it. if you just hit the subscribe button. You can always unsubscribe later and uh, leave a comment down below. If you guys are leaving comments down, down there and we're answering your start sick questions, the least thing you could do is like and subscribe every video. Like I said, I teased underdog fantasy throughout the video. If you guys heard some things that make you want to bet some higher or lowers on players' fantasy points and their yardage and all that kind of stuff, head on over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code FSE when you sign up and you'll get 100% back on whatever you put in up to $100. So if you put in 50 bucks, you have $100 on the site to play with. You can bet, you know, Amari Cooper's higher on 53 and a half receiving yards and you can pair that up with DK Metcalf's higher on receiving yards and all the guys that I talked about having great matchups this week. So like I said, promo code FSE and by using our promo code, you also get access to our weekly start sit rankings for the rest of the season. So make sure to check that out. But with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon. Why you need the money?